But what I recognized, you know, in the first initial stages of being a business coach was I could give the same strategy to two people. One would blow up and create a seven-figure business. The other would do nothing. And so it had me inquire deeper, like why? Like if a strategy works, it's got to work for everyone, but no, it doesn't. And what's the dictating factor is what's happening internally, what's happening unconsciously, because consciously we could be saying that we want all of these things, we want the big business, but our unconscious realms can be a direct contradiction. Mm. And it's our unconscious that is attracting and creating everything that we experience. So that's why we've really got to address that. It's no different to money. You know, some people can go out there and be a billionaire. And the truth is there's enough, there's enough money circulating in this world that everyone should be a million or a billionaire. That's the truth. So what's the difference? Why can someone go out there and create a billion dollar business and the other person is struggling to put food on the table? Why? Doesn't make sense. Hey, my name is Belinda Carusi and welcome to my show. This podcast was born through my obsession of business, personal development, and my deep desire to living an extraordinary life. I am a small town mama who took used car tires to start my first outdoor boot camp and grew it into a multiple six-figure fitness empire. And now I work from home, helping business owners create the business of their dreams. I will take you on an adventure that will open your mind and your heart and truly help you believe in yourself to just do the thing you were born to do. Like I would say in my boot camps, three, two, one, let's go. Welcome to the Belinda Carusi show. So we are live and thank you all again for jumping onto the Belinda Cruci. So I'm so excited to have one of my favorite people in the world on the podcast today, Krista Tia. She has been so pivotal in the last, well, six months of my life has been such a healing transformation and thanks to you and the work that you do. Krista's a business coach, an emotional healer, uh, I would say so many other things, but also a mother, a singer-songwriter, which I'm so excited to see all of that come through as well. Um, And she's currently got her bubba on board, who's one years old, just turned one a couple of months ago. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to introducing you to Krista and all of the wisdom and the self-responsibility I think it really does take to to be a spiritual slash an entrepreneur that like really changes the world in such a big way. Um, so I'm really excited. So thanks for coming on, Krista. Oh, babe, thank you so much for having oh. me. I'm so excited to delve into this conversation. Oh, I do have a man here with me, so there might be some little grunts and groans in the background, but I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure no one will mind and we'll just keep it real. Which is, uh, it's perfect that he's here because the last episode that I um, recorded on Sunday was, it was an impromptu. I was driving back from a, Ben had bought me like a a cold and a hot, warm immersion pool thing. And I was in that going, as I was driving back, I was like, I have entrepreneurship to thank for the life that I have with my children and the way that I get to live every day and the mindset that I have 
in this inquisitive way just to constantly be working towards my best life and I remember the first time I met you and you've been doing it with your kids the whole time and it's been so powerful because there's not really a handbook for women that want to create the life of their dreams and be a mother at the same time so I'd love you to kind of delve into how entrepreneurship yourself has opened you up to this life with your children as well yeah, I think that, you know, one thing since I had, because I've got a 12-year-old daughter or almost 12-year-old daughter and a one-year-old son and, you know, one thing that I, you know, really recognized and realized when my daughter was born was I just want to take her to the greatest version of herself. Like I just want to support her in that journey no matter what it looks like. It can't be my version of what it should be or what it should look like. It has to be whatever is unique and innate to her. Um, and how do I fully support that and allow her to harness that for herself? Like, how can I be of assistance on that journey? And one thing that I recognized and realized with that realization was the greatest gift that I can give her is by me embodying that for myself. Um, and me being the greatest version of myself in all aspects of my life, because our children don't you know, listen to what we say, you know, we can tell them all day, you can be great. You can be anything that you want. You can be, you know, this, that, and the other, but they're not going to listen to that merely based on words. They're going to follow in the footsteps of what we embody and what we action ourselves. So although I feel that, you know, entrepreneurship and full-time motherhood, um, especially as a solo parent is it's hectic, you know, it's, it's full on as, as you know, um, it requires, requires patience. It requires a, a, a very effective ability to multitask in ways that you've never multitasked before. But I feel like it has, it's almost like my motherhood journey has impacted my entrepreneurial journey and my entrepreneurial journey has impacted my motherhood journey equally. You know, what I learn in both areas impact one another. And I think that what I've recognized and realized is, you know, family is my highest value and the family that I create from like a bloodline perspective is one thing, but how it's overlapped into my business is I also desire to create a community and family and within my business, you know, and the love uh, and the transparency that I have with my children, I want that within my business as well. So it's almost like it's given me this great opportunity to create everything in my life, you know, whether it be parenting or relationship or, or business, exactly the way that I desire it to be, everything touching everything, everything being fluid, um, yeah, and and just as I desire it to be. I also think that, you know, entrepreneurship set me up with or sets us all up with a huge level of resilience, you know, and I think that there's a requirement for resilience when it comes to parenting because first time around it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, and without the resilience that I built in entrepreneurship, I don't know whether I would have adapted as easily as what I did to mothering 100%. when I was 22 years old you know yeah Yeah. well we both were young mums I was 25 you were a lot younger but how did you because I know for myself the first time like I became a mother like one of the things that what you were very driven as well because you started your first business at 18 was it yeah yeah 
and I was 21 and I was always this like driven, hardcore, go, 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 go person. And I don't know if you felt the same. Like my friends actually laughed when they found out that I was pregnant because they thought I was the least out of anyone to have children, like especially soon. Well, you probably were the same as well. And um, I just remembered like, and how beautiful it is that I remember the first time I felt and held Leo and I was like, is this innate knowing as well? Did you feel this like, I remember holding Leo for the first time. I'd never changed a nappy, like nothing. And I held him and I was like, I know what to do. Like, and I think the trust that you're always guided. And I know that a lot of my business journey, even from really young, even when I wasn't as conscious was that your babies choose you. And the thing that's taken me through parenting has been just that everything that's happening is happening for me. And they've chosen this for us to go through. So the pressure of me having to be perfect was dwindled. Yeah. Yeah. I truly believe that our children based, uh, that our children choose us based on the requirements or the things that we require in order to bring us closer to love. Mm-hmm. You know, they just embody all of the ways that are out of harmony with love. Yeah, or, or take us out of harmony with love. So if we're able to see it through that lens, you know, it just makes it that much easier. We're, the truth is we're going to get it wrong. And 100%. the more that we're in acceptance of that and we learn from it every time we do get wrong, get it wrong, well, the more that we grow in the process of it all. And that's just so powerful. And I saw yesterday you did a story about how you learned it was, I don't know if you were dropping your daughter off or maybe like tumbling or so, I don't know, I'm just making this up, but yeah. you said that you could see the kids go from not being confident to just being confident and yeah. how it needs to be a decision. It's like the decision is I've got a choice and I can choose either one. And I'd love you to elaborate on on that because that is kind of like entrepreneurship and self-responsibility is that yep. we have a choice. Yep. I think it's so easy for us in this day and age to fall into lack of confidence and lack of belief. And I feel like a large reason that we do that is because we're constantly in this comparison game of like looking at everyone else. You know, social media is a perfect place to witness the best parts of everyone's life. And then we compare the worst parts of our life with the best parts of other people's lives. And we wonder why we feel like we're never believing in ourselves and we're never confident, you know? But what I recognized yesterday was I actually went my daughter is in a competition team for dancing and the teachers asked me, they know that I sing and they asked me to go in um, and support them with singing lessons for a competition that's coming up in June. So I did a whole class with these beautiful like under 12 year old girls and you know at the beginning of the class I just witnessed them you know in this space of like really in self-doubt and question and not wanting to use their voice and like kind of speaking well kind of singing to the point that it was a whisper you know and not wanting to project their voice and to really uh, claim their space and by the end of it I recognized the transformation by the end of it they were all projecting their voice from their diaphragm and they were pronunciating their words and they had their hands on their hips and feet shoulder width apart and it was like this complete transformation in the matter of an hour and I just was able to bear witness as to how quickly we can transform as adults if children can transform this quickly and claim a space this quickly and use their voice this quickly and develop confidence and and self-belief in a short space of time we can too so it's really a matter of questioning why do we make it so complicated 
Why do we feel like it's such a hard and arduous journey? And this pertains to all aspects of life. I feel like we overcomplicate so much in our life as adults. But why can't we just simplify it and just choose it? Like just wake up one day and go, you know what? Today I'm going to back myself in all that I do. I'm going to believe that I can be, do, and have everything that I want. End of story. Like it's that simple. Yeah. And it's a requirement, you know, for business, for parenting, for relationships, to attract anything that we want in our life, we have to believe firstly that we can have it. And then we have to be willing to take action, but back ourselves in that action. This is going to work. There is no other way. No plan B. This is the only way. And then miracles happen. The mindset, the resilience, really. Oh, when did I first develop that backing myself? Yeah. Um, I think that I've always had it. I even reflect on when I was at school and I was, you know, I I was swimming at a really high level. I ran cross country. I was singing, dancing, like even playing touch footy and everything that I did, I just did it. I just did it well, you know? And I think that that was like the major contributing factor to that was the fact that I just backed myself. Mm. Um, and if I was going to do something, I'd do it right, you know, otherwise I just wouldn't bother doing it at all. And I even looked to when I first opened my hair salon when I was 18 years old, there was like no other way. There was no plan B. There was not one question within my mind that it wasn't going to be successful. Like that was just the only plan that I had. I didn't have a strategy. I didn't have marketing set up. I just knew that I was good at what I did. I did what I Um, you know, I did hair well, I provided a great service and that was going to attract people. But I feel like I've, I've really had that innately within me. Like I've always just backed myself to the nth degree, but there have been multiple moments, even, you know, recently where I've been through circumstances and situations where I have lost that belief and Mm. not knowing how to back myself. Um, and really the way that I recover myself from those circumstances and situations is going through a process of a process of eliminating anything within me that stands in the way of me seeing myself as I truly am and then going through a process of remembering who I am. Mm. You know, reminding myself of all of the qualities that I've always had because it's so easy for us to live in this world, exist in this world and to be told that we're something that we're not. And I think that it's really important for us to, you know, meet every one of those conversations or anything that we receive from anyone else with the level of inquisition and humility to look within and to see where the truth lies because it is in our law of attraction. But at the same time, I think especially in the coaching space, we have to use a great level of discernment into who we trust and where people are taking us. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's been you know, what's recovered me recently um, and allowed me to bounce back into the place that I am in now is just remembering, going through a process of remembering. Yeah, and um, you did speak about this on your Facebook the other day, how you have been through quite a journey. And I basically came into your space when you were kind of on that. Like it was so interesting. Like, And I think it's interesting that I attracted you in because – I have been through that same thing. Like I think when I when I stopped my business and it was all the perfect thing for me to do at the time, I was guided to do so, but I I lost, I felt like I'd lost that discernment of who I am, how much of a 
badass I am, how much of a go-getter I am, how much of a fighter I am when I need to be, how much of a in flow I need to be. And I feel like it's been so perfect because I feel like this situation that you've been through has been similar for me just to find myself again and be like, no, you are incredible. And yeah, it's interesting that I've bear witness to the whole thing in a sense too, because when I first met you, I was, I was intrigued with this heal process that you, that it was the heal event that made me really want to work with you because we had just come out of COVID, a couple of years of lockdowns and everyone was coming out of it. And your event was an in-person luxury event that I was like, I have to be at this thing. I need, I need to be around women that are doing the thing and that have it all and that are on the process of having it all and are open to sharing and being vulnerable. And that was powerful. And yeah, I'd love for you to talk about, um, yeah, what you've been through over the last six months as well, because you've held it together, girl. My God. You know, I even feel like further to that, I feel like it's been the last couple of years to tell you the truth. Yeah. And I know that it does involve other people. And, you know, I, I feel I'm in a place now where I'm so healed from everything that you know, has, has occurred. And I fully utilized, you know, everything that I taught at Heal or everything that I teach my clients and processes that I take my clients through. It has been me embodying that to the nth degree every single day in every waking moment that has genuinely got me to a place where I can view everyone that was within my circumstances and a contributing factor to my circumstances with love and compassion and understanding, not from, oh yeah, I love you. But then behind the scenes, like, oh my gosh, you're an absolute fuckwit, you know, genuine, like genuine. I love you. I see you. Yes. There's unloving behavior and that's okay. That's yours. I choose not to have it in my life, but I love you. Um, so yeah, so it's been the last couple of years, if I'm completely honest, and it has been the greatest amount of growth that I have experienced thus far in my life. And I've traveled quite a journey, you know, even before that I've, I became a single mum with my first daughter when I was maybe 27. Yeah. Around 27. I'm, I'm 35 this year. Um, so there definitely has been a journey prior to that, but I think that, you know, without going into details of what happened prior to this point, I became a solo mum again um, when Jonah was only, yeah, just under four four weeks old. Um, and I don't feel it necessary to disclose, you know, details yeah, of, of what, you know, involve, you know, involvement from the other person. Um, I really wanted to speak about it from my behalf, but holy shit, we literally went from, you know, we got engaged on the 10th of April and he was born on the 22nd of April. And by like mid-May, I was a solo mum. Like it threw me. We went from planning a wedding to like me being on my own and not hearing from him for six and a half months while I was a mother for the first time. Again, and, and so, there's a huge freaking gap between your children. Huge. Yeah. So what was that like in terms of, holy shit, I'm trying to navigate all of these things and I have a child dependent on me, like not even just like, you know, your daughter's old enough, she's dependent on you, but when you've got a newborn, it's so different. So different. And it was a different experience as well. You know, it had been 12, nearly 12 years since I had a baby. Like that's significant. So it was almost like I was. Like another rebirth. Yeah, like starting again, you know. Um, 
It was massive. It was terrifying. And at the same time, I have always said that God only gives his hardest battles to his strongest soldiers. And I just remember that every single day. Like, this is for me in some way. I don't know right now. Right now I want to break down and I want to be in fetal position on the floor. But I know that while I do that for a period of time, I will be able to get back up because I wouldn't have been dealt with this situation if I couldn't handle it. And so through it, I really feel like it was my kids and my clients that got me through because there wasn't one moment where I faltered when it came to showing up for my clients. I was there every single day, committed wholeheartedly to them and doing the work within myself so that I could show up for them in my very best self, no matter what was going on behind the scenes. And could I also kind of interject with that? Because obviously, so a lot of people, when they start their business, they don't have the right clients in their space as well. So when you're not working with your dream clients, like you would have wanted to give up on that as well. You felt, obviously there would have been people in your, in your sphere at some point that would have left at that time. But how did you call those people in as well and feel the, feel that you could do it with them and hold them at the same time? Because I think that's huge too. Yeah. I think that, you know, what I've really learned out of it is that I will never again have clients in any of my containers that aren't a full body fuck yes. Mm-hmm. Like that's been the biggest gain out of all of it. Um, and I just believe that if someone is willing to commit to me being a part of their journey, irrelevant of whether they are a soulmate client or not, it is up to me to match that commitment. Mm-hmm. wholeheartedly, you know, irrelevant of the amount that they have invested. Um, I have done enough work on myself where I'm able to meet people with love and compassion, no matter the trauma that they hold, because I'm well aware that someone's projection or someone's behavior is only based on their experience. And it is my job, although I'm a business coach, it is my job to resolve their trauma and their wounds. Mm-hmm. So I've got to see it in order to do something about it. So I think that it's not necessarily about, you know, um, for me, like judgment of whether someone's right or wrong. Um, throughout that time, it was anyway. It was more like, you know, the clients that I've got in front of me are clients that, you know, need to be served. Um, but now I feel like, you know, while traversing everything that I've traversed, I feel like there's a great level of discernment that has come online with mm-hmm. working with clients that aren't the right fit. You know, quite recently, I let someone go only yesterday because I could just see and feel that. Every time I would have contact, I would be exhausted. And one thing that stands out to me, (laughs) one thing that stands out to me is when someone is completely unwilling to take responsibility for anything that is occurring in their life. That is one dictating factor of someone that is like alarm bells, red flag. Mm -hmm. If we're not willing to take responsibility for anything that's happening in our life or appearing in our law of attraction, how on earth are we going to do something about it? You know, if we're constantly blaming everything outside of us and nothing's ever good enough, you know, we're, we're unable to actually change. And so every client that, you know, I work with now and, you know, every client that I will attract moving forward or take into any of my programs is someone that is extremely self-led and, willing to take radical responsibility and has a level of compassion and understanding without unrealistic expectations, but instead, you know, able to 
to love and be committed to growing in love. Um, so I feel like there's been so many gains throughout this process because it's given me such great discernment of like, hey, that's right, that's wrong. I'm not wasting my time there, but I am willing to commit wholeheartedly over here. And that's the difference between us hating our business yes. and loving our business. A hundred percent. Because you've got to feel excited every single time you connect. And I think, you know, a lot of it is, I think you've come from this background too. And same with me was this, like, you've just got to fucking just push through, get it done, no matter the cost, whatever. And sometimes you've got to go through this turmoil, this shit to realize that I'm actually worth so much more and I don't need to do anything that doesn't serve me anymore. And it just feels so much easier. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that, you know, when I was stepped into the coaching space, it was with the commitment that it was for the long term, you know, like my four previous businesses, it was like, it was temporary and then I'd get bored. But I really took some time after I sold those businesses to establish what I could do for the rest of my life. And so I feel like what creates sustainability in this business that I currently have is this is the determining factor. If I'm working with people that are absolutely exhausting and they're taking it out of me and I feel like nothing I do is ever enough, um, there's no sustainability in that. But if I'm beside other leaders that just want to run with me, oh, my God, let me at it. That's what I want, you know? A hundred percent. And I think because obviously you've been through so much in the last couple of years but obviously the last six to well 12 months mainly yeah since the birth so yeah yeah, so we were kind of talking about how your clients kind of got you through and then obviously you were working with a coach yourself yeah when did you start working with a coach yourself two years ago two years ago and I feel like it was only probably in the last three months where shit got real and it's well it's not that shit got real it's more that I started seeing the truth you know of what was actually always under the surface um and the truth is I had been warned on multiple occasions about this particular person but I think that you know (laughs) what's so interesting is one great manipulation tactic that we can all use is dangling a carrot of everything that someone desires in front of them and then using that as leverage to control them yeah so um that's what I could see was like so apparent and I think that there was like you know there's been so many gains for me um in getting to this place of seeing everything so clearly but I think that one thing that I really had to work through and it's not something that I ever want to get rid of because I believe it's part of like my innocence and my childlike nature but it's this huge level of naivety you know and my mum's always said Christy you're so bloody naive like oh my gosh girl would you would you stop being so naive but I think that I've just really wandered through life thinking that everyone had good intentions um, and that people just want to do right by others and that, you know, there's there's no people that are evil in the world. And while from a conscious level I know that not to be true, I think unconsciously it was like, oh, no, surely they've got the best intentions. And that's really something that I've had to sit with over the past couple of weeks of like, all right, it's okay for you to have this beautiful, innocent naivety, but it's not okay for you to be unwilling to see the full spectrum of the truth because in order for you to change the world in the way that you desire to change it, you've got to see the truth so that you know what you're working with. Um, So, yeah, it was a relationship of like 
the most severe amounts of control, manipulation, gaslighting, and I don't use titles lightly. No. Um, because <laughs> I don't like them, com- to be completely honest. But and that was probably the first thing that we learned at your heel event. So yes. for you to be speaking like this is yes. pretty big. Yeah. Well, I just think that they can be so misused. And I believe that everything um, we can overcome and transform, you know, we can heal in ways that are so profound that, you know, we no longer have the requirement for titles. But, you know, the true definition of, you know, gaslighting is denying someone's reality to the point of them questioning their sanity. And that's exactly what was happening. And I think that, you know, why this was an occurrence for me was because of my level of willingness to look within, my level of humility to do the work, to look at every single part of myself, the good, the bad, the ugly, the disgusting, the brightness, you know, all of me, I'm willing to go there because I'm so committed to healing. But I really feel it was very taken advantage of um, and used at my detriment And this is where there's a requirement in all work that we do. Yes, there has to be a great level of self-honesty and there has to be a huge level of willingness and humility, but there also has to be a level of discernment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And backing yourself as well, like knowing that is this actually off and trusting in that as well? Were there points where you felt that, that you just didn't listen? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's back to, you know, having this, carrot dangled in front of you and using that as the leverage point to keep someone stuck yeah yeah and kind of saying that like there is and you've spoken a lot about the coaching industry and like I'm really coming into the coaching industry even though I was a fitness coach um that's what I originally started from I was never in this like coaching space and uh, I was more in the entrepreneurial see the, see the opportunity, have a vision. I love that vision. I just implement like that was me. And I've seen red flags in this industry massively. Yeah. And the coaching and in this, in this instance as well, I've kind of, you do now understand why things are regulated as well. Yeah. Like you can see now where like, Uh, you know, especially if you're a bit of a freedom fighter like me, you don't want everything to be regulated, but you can see now the power of regulation in a sense too. So I'd love to know, like from this experience, what are the biggest red flags that you feel that people should look out for when it comes to their coaching, looking for a coach? Yeah. I think that the first is ensuring that you're employing a coach that you actually aspire to, Mm. you know, like do they have the business and the financial situation that you aspire to create? Do they have the experience that is going to support you in having a fast track journey? Do they have the embodiment of the healing that you want to experience for yourself? Mm -hmm. You know, like looking, because if they haven't traveled the journey, how on earth are they going to take you to that destination? It's impossible. 100%. And there's so many business coaches like out there that have never had their own business. And I think this is the thing that you guys have really eliminated for me. It's like, no, you've actually got the experience. And for yourself, it's like you've had four brick and waters. Like it's all well and good to have a online business that you've just learned things online. But when you've actually had to traverse all the things, it's huge. 
huge, absolutely huge. And I remember, I actually remember a, um, I was at a, a workshop and it was like the best ex- advice. This was really early on. I was probably about 21, 20. And it's like, only learn from people that you actually genuinely want to be like. Yeah. And that help has helped me so much. It's helped my clients so much too, because there's so many naysayers saying X, Y, and Z, this is not going to work. The way that you're doing business, like the way that you do business, and we'll get into that later, yeah. is different and looks very different to what everyone else is doing. And if you listen to that, especially like I'm going to be listening to you. How did you get to the point where you get to bring your kids to an event? Most people are like, I can't have my kids anywhere near me when I'm working, you know? Yeah. Yep. So that's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Massive. Well, I, I think that, you know, business does get to be however we desire it to be, you know, like we, we can, we can choose where, where, I mean, what's the point of being in business if it's not set up the way that we want it? hundred percent. Cause it's but- yeah, I think when it comes to the coaching industry is firstly embodiment, you know, and it shocks me. I feel like once again, this naivety thing within me, a couple of years ago, I had this huge epiphany where I realized that there were very few people that practice what they preached. I thought that people stood on these stages because they live their life, like what they speak about. And I was like very quick to establish and understand that they don't. And that was shocking for me. I have been the exact same. I'm probably as naive as you, as probably as you, because I'm like, the world's amazing. Oh my gosh. Like, let's just create our destiny. And it's that willingness to have everything that is also can be dangerous for us because we then trust people that are trying to sell us the dream quote unquote. Yeah, exactly. So there's just got to be a great level. There's got to be a bullshit radar, you know, and I feel like I've always had a great bullshit radar, but I just haven't been willing to look at it, to look at it. Cause I wanted to sugarcoat things, you know, and just see the best in people. And while everyone does have good, I've also got to see the full spectrum of the truth. So I think that's first and foremost. I think that what's really important is also not to be working with a coach while you are in a vulnerable situation. You know, yes, of course, a coach is going to support you out of hard times. But I know for me, part of the reason why I've worked with so many coaches over the years and I've never had the experience that I have in this situation, but I believe that part of the contribution to it was that two years ago, I was in such a vulnerable situation and in vulnerable circumstances that it's like that was used to create a form of like codependency need. Um, yeah. So I think that while we can employ a coach to be of support, if we're experiencing something hard, it's really important to also ensure that we're not in a place of being at dire straits and then employing a coach because that could be fully taken advantage of as well. I've, I've experienced this myself. I remember when I had been diagnosed with cancer yeah, and I could just see that there's so many people and the cancer industry is built on, you know, selling people things in the most vulnerable position. Totally. And I was like, I can't believe how many people have tried to charge me thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. in when I was in desperate need of just someone just to go, you're going to be fucking okay, you know? Yeah. And that's, I think that's why people are probably scared 
of people getting selling to them, yes. which, kind, which kind of segues into your one of your favourite things is selling. <laughs> and you have a workshop coming up on that, so we will yeah. talk about that soon. But, yeah, there's. I think that's probably why people are scared of being sold to because a lot of people have been sold to in a bad way, which has taken them totally into, into an indie. Yeah, so it sounds like that's what kind of happened to you. You were looking for support and. Yeah, yeah, and it just kind of progressively got worse, you know. I appreciate being sold to and I don't even feel like I was necessarily sold to in this circumstance. It's it's really interesting. There's not a whole lot of recall around the initial parts of the sort of connection. Um but what I do recognize and realize it, it was like the gradual manipulation that kind of got me to the place that I ended up being. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel just so grateful now to be sitting in a place of like reflecting on all of it, seeing the truth of it, dealt with the emotions behind it and going, all right, yep, it's pretty fucked up, <laughs> but I can, I can find the gold nuggets, you know, I can find the growth. I can find there was so much healing and I don't know whether it would have taken place any other way. hundred percent. And I think that's the thing. It's like everything is happening for you, whether or not it's fun. Yeah. But it's just going with it and just knowing that all of this stuff is, and this is the thing that you guys talked about too, is that all these things come up in your law of attraction to be healed. And I'd love you to talk through that because I never really understood manifestation to the nth degree like I do now from the work that we have done. Yeah. I think that, you know, a lot of people talk about the law of attraction in the context of like the secret, you know, like very surface level. Oh yeah. I'm going to think happy thoughts and happy things will happen. And while that's, you know, true it's about this much of the the full story yeah, like a tiny bit. I feel like a lot of us are so willing to take responsibility for the good stuff in our life but when completely and utterly unwilling to take responsibility for the bad it's like that's where we go into blame and projection it's this person's fault it's that person's fault the reason I didn't get results was because of the coach the reason that I'm angry is because of my kids the reason that I don't trust people is because of my partner you know we're constantly outsourcing but The real definition of the law of attraction is every single thing that is appearing in our reality is based on our soul condition. It is based on something that is within us that needs to heal. So, you know, for instance, and our children are such an amazing guidepost for this, Mm -hmm. but the reason that we attract the narcissistic partner is because there is a wound within us that continuously keeps attracting it. And I think that this is like, you know, this is a simple sort of explanation. And I, you know, we hear about it all the time. Why do I keep attracting the narcissists? You know, so many women or, and men, you know, it goes both ways, whinge and bitch about it and wonder why they keep attracting the same person in a different body. That's really what it is. You know, we have the first relationship and it's with, once again, it's a title, but I feel like the title kind of bridges the gap for people to understand the person that I'm talking about. Um, but we, we have the relationship, they, uh, they, you know, turn out to be severely narcissistic and then we end the relationship. We avoid what's happened within our law of attraction. We blame them, we make them bad. And it's not to say that 
there's unloving behavior. We can see the truth. But what we need to acknowledge is, okay, why are we attracting it? Mm. Yes, it's disgusting. Yes, it's unloving. Yes, it's horrendous. And there's no excuse for it, but it's in our reality. So then we end the relationship and sure enough, a couple of months later, we attract the same person in a different body. And then we end that relationship and then we attract the same person and it just goes on and on and on in this perpetuating cycle. And it's the same with all aspects of our life. Mm -hmm. But there is a reason, an emotional injury, a wound, some sort of trauma that is within us that is magnetizing that person to us. And when we heal that, we'll attract something different. And it's just like magic. You know, if we have, but, but we've got to be really honest with ourselves. You know, we've, we've got to really stop this bypassing projection blame mentality in order for us to become really real because it's so easy for us to go into, oh, yeah, they're just an asshole and I'm just going to cut them out of my life. But there's no healing that takes place from that perspective. And that would have been the easiest thing for me to do in my circumstances is to be in blame mentality. It would have felt really empowering, <laughs> you know, of like, blaming everyone else. And while there are absolutely things that are not okay and are horrendous and horrific and awful, it's in my reality. Why is it in my reality? What's within me? What's within me that keeps attracting it? What do I need to look at? How was it my contribution? And what I recognized within me was there was so much abandonment wounding within me that created my circumstances. And as a result of horrendous situations, I was able to excavate all of my abandonment to get to the place that it no longer exists and I know that I'll never attract it again. There's a gift and a gold nugget within everything if we're willing to take responsibility for what appears in our life. Definitely. So, and then when people are not manifesting, say, the dream life or the business that they want, yep. it's looking at these things in a more of inquisitive way instead of a blame way that this strategy didn't work and that strategy didn't work, which is why you do the work that you do today. Right. So yes. I'd love you to explain how you help because that was one of the reasons why I wanted to work with you too because I was like, why am I just not doing the thing? Like yeah. I've got all of the knowledge. I've done this before. What is holding me back? And the profound growth and self-love, like I've never understood self-love until now. Like, and I'm still working through a lot of it as well. But holy shit, it's been next level. So how did you get into this kind of emotional work and, and realizing all of this truth? Yeah. Yeah. Um I think that, you know, I've really always had this obsession with understanding humans and I've gone and studied so many things like I'm a nutritionist and I started doing my bachelor in naturopathy and then I did NLP masters and timeline and hypnotherapy and somatic work and breath work and like I've always had this obsession with understanding the truth like the truth of why we're here, the truth of everything that's occurring within this world, the truth of how we operate and so I've always been very inquisitive. But what I recognized within business was, you know, entrepreneurship is so easy for me. You know, I came from a family. My dad owned nine-figure businesses. Entrepreneurialism ran through my veins, you know. It was so innate for me to, to step up and be an effective leader and to only desire to build businesses and never be an employee. Mm-hmm. Um that part was easy. But what I recognized, you know, in the first initial stages of being a business coach was I could give the same strategy to two people. One would blow up 
and create a seven-figure business. The other would do nothing. And so it had me inquire deeper, like why? Like if a strategy works, it's got to work for everyone, but no, it doesn't. And what's the dictating factor is what's happening internally, what's happening unconsciously, because consciously we could be saying that we want all of these things, we want the big business, but our unconscious realms can be a direct contradiction. Mm. And it's our unconscious that is attracting and creating everything that we experience. So that's why we've really got to address that. It's no different to money. You know, some people can go out there and be a billionaire. And the truth is there's enough there's enough money circulating in this world that everyone should be a million or a billionaire. That's the truth. So what's the difference? Why can someone go out there and create a billion-dollar business and the other person is struggling to put food on the table? Why? doesn't make sense. It all is dictated by what's happening internally because we can be taking all of the action externally in the world and be, you know, in a situation where it feels like we're pushing shit uphill. We've got to be addressing both. We've got to be taking internal action as well as external action in order to get a result of any kind. And so that's what really set me on the path of like, yeah, okay, I give badass strategy and I do all the mechanic side of business, but I just know that there's a great requirement for us to be removing all of the emotional blocks that are standing in the way of that strategy being really effective and very intentional. Yeah. And one of the things that you've got us to do and one of the things that I now really understand is that our unconscious is really just trying to protect us. It's trying to keep us safe. Yep. So if we have this trauma that's happened when we were children mm-hmm. or something that's come up, whenever something is, say, for example, you're trying to start a business but you're scared of, I don't know, um, people abandoning you when you yep. become successful, yep. you'll always dim your light because if you become successful, people are going to abandon you. So yes. once you start feeling the abandonment and feeling okay, your subconscious mind will actually allow you to keep going forward because it knows that you're not going to die or you're going to. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that's the biggest thing I think for me, like before working with you, I was not, I was very in my head. Yeah. And I never allowed myself to feel the pain. And when I started feeling the pain, my life started shifting and changing. <clears throat> it does because the truth is, you know, even science <clears throat> speaks about love being a highest vibration and really the work that I do. And I think a lot of the personal development work are growing from a mind perspective, whereas the work that I do is growing in love. And that's very different because we don't realize until we commit to growing in love, how many resistance points we actually have towards love. Mm-hmm. And what I recognized and realized throughout this process is how often uh, we associate success or our greatness with lack of it. So, you know, the, the truth, uh, and as I was saying, you know, a science speaks about love being the highest vibration. And what a lot of people think is they've just got to like falsify this love. Oh yeah, I totally love you. You know, so it's not a matter of externally proving that we love people and that being the highest vibration, but more so looking at it from the perspective. If we look at an emotional frequency chart, we've got like right down the bottom, we've got anger and blame and sadness and grief and guilt and all of those things. And then right up the top, when we get up to the stages of enlightenment and unconditional love, 
joy and peace and happiness. It's not a matter of positive mind setting our way to the top of the chart because if it was true, we would be at the stage of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. It's more so a matter of eliminating everything that is on that chart that is within us so that love can be the permanent way that we exist. And the only way to do that is to feel it. You know, emotion is energy in motion. It needs motion to clear from your body, full stop. It doesn't just go by us pretending that it's not there. It needs to be excavated. Mm. Yeah. And it's been like the relationship that I've had with Ben has changed so much. Like we were kind of stuck in this place where I never fe- I just never felt that he tried for us enough. Yeah. And and he was stuck and I was stuck and it was like the day that I was like, no, I, I, I actually feel that I deserve I, I, I deserve help and I'm going to do it. And it was like that. I'm actually worthy of this. Like I am worthy of this. Like I'm more, I remember looking at a piece of gold that we had and it was like, I think it was like a hundred grams, a hundred grams at the time was worth $8,000. I was like, I'm worth more than 8,000 fucking dollars, man. Like I am worth more than that, this money I'm about to, I'm paying for support because I need it. Yep. And I remember like claiming that and just being like, yes. And that's when things started to change and it was triggering for Ben, especially when things were coming up and all of these things kept coming up to, in my law of attraction to realize this, the biggest thing, the, the biggest realization, especially that supported our relationship is like the fact that my dad never really showed me what it was like to be treated as a woman. Like, and I didn't allow myself, like, you know, and I remember you saying um, it's like the dysfunction, my relation, I actually created dysfunction in my relationship because that was actually my default. Yeah, it's what we're comfortable with, right? I was comfortable with dysfunction. Yeah. And I created a lot of that dysfunction, yeah, totally. Like, and I had to take a lot of responsibility for that. Yeah. I, but I think that's relevant for everyone that's listening as well. You know, what we experience as our blueprint in our upbringing becomes what, like, our normal, you know? And even if it's shit, you know, even if there is abuse or, you know, we have a horrendous childhood, unconsciously there's a part of us that feels safe in that familiarity because what we've experienced, there's it's almost like we know what to expect there. Yeah. So, you know, you put someone that's had a very dysfunctional upbringing and they enter into a relationship that is like unconditionally loving and beautiful and nurturing and kind to their nervous system because of the level of unfamiliarity, it feels terrifying. Well, I remember when I first met Ben, he was so nice to me. Yeah. And I was like, why are you so nice to me? Yes. I'm like, I, like I was trying so many ways. Because I was bloody 20 when I met him. I didn't want to meet him. I was like, fuck off. I want to go traveling in Europe. I don't want to be meeting you right now. (laughs) So I was like trying to like find ways to get out. Yeah. And I just knew that I, it was just weird knowing that I was just like, I've just got to trust that he's the right person. And there were so many times that I've wanted to leave. And there's been so many times that I've just been like, I can't do this anymore. And then I think, especially with the first event that I came to with you, it was just like, oh, okay, so a lot of this has come from the self 
the lack of self-love and the lack of love and that I've never felt that deep love for myself. So, of course, when someone is trying to love me, I'm pushing him away because I've never seen anyone really be that nice to each other and to really love each other. And it wasn't until I kind of excavated a piece around my own father that it made me realise, like, I'm actually fucking worth an amazing relationship. And everybody is. Absolutely. And the rose, I don't know, like a rose has been really sticking out for me, like, and how if I want to be loved and I want to be, if I if the bees are going to come to me, I've got to be bright and I've got to be shining so that I've just got to constantly be in my truth, which is what you've helped bring me to. And by me really not standing for shit in my relationship and yep. understanding first that it was me and my stuff that I needed to heal and then bringing that forth to Ben, it has been, like, life-changing. Like, he's now the one telling me that he loves me every day. Like, oh. I don't have to do – like, he writes me a love note every single morning. Like, that is – I always used to want to, like, do these. Like, we do so many relationship courses and I was like, Ben, like – can we follow through this fucking appreciation thing that we're meant to be doing in this part of his course? And I'd do it and I'd be writing it. I'd be so pissed because he'd never fucking remember and I'd be so angry. And I was just like, of course, he just lets me down, you know, never shows me love, X, Y, and Z. But it was until I started showing myself love and saying, this is actually better for this and our our kids deserve better than this is when things started really changing. And I was truthful. And I think, the problem is a lot of people, number one, in relationships aren't willing to be truthful in their relationship. Yeah. And also the person that they're in a relationship with isn't willing to be truthful with themselves as well. Yeah. It definitely requires a huge requirement for both parties to be on board, you know, like it's it's got to go both ways. It's almost impossible to it's, – it's almost like you can grow to a certain extent but then there's a ceiling that you reach if the other person isn't willing to meet you there. Yeah. Yeah. And you've had to kind of traverse that yourself. Oh, yeah, big time. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. And how do you feel that you just keep going on, just trusting that everything is going to be okay? I'm committed to my greatness more than anything else, more than a relationship, m- more than my kids, because my greatness is what makes me an amazing mum. Yeah. My greatness is what provides my clients with a great service. My greatness is what brings the the right relationship or my soulmate to me. So I think that, you know, we've really been taught to pretty much live in a space of self-sacrifice. And I did for a large part of my journey. Like it's the only way that I knew how to exist, especially becoming a mom. You know, I was in a relationship from 17. I got married at 21 and then I had my daughter by 22. I'd never really known how to choose myself or prioritize myself. And my ex-husband, um, bless him, is Greek. But, you know, in, in, in the Greek culture, like, Greek women just do everything, you know. So, I, like, very similar to Italian, yeah. So it's almost like we just become this mama. But I just had all, like, the wife that, you know, cooks and cleans and, yeah, does everything. It helps the, wife, the husband live his best life. Yes, and self-sacrifices in the process of it. So, But I always had this entrepreneurialism that ran through me, so it never felt like it was true just to be that. Although being a wife and being a mother is my favourite job, um, 
I just know that I need more. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like challenge. I, I love building things. Um, I think this will resonate with a lot of people because for me, definitely, I was like, why am I just not happy yeah. being a mom? Like that's been, I think, the biggest battle. It's like, what's wrong with me? Like, yeah. because I'm so entrepreneurial as well. And I'm like, I think it's been coming, like accepting myself for that as well. That yes. I actually don't just want to be a mom and I don't just want to be a wife and I don't want to, I'm not happy folding washing when I could be doing a webinar or doing certain things, you know? Yeah. We've got to be honest with ourselves in that regard. You know, I think that because it's okay. It's it's like some women are happy just doing that and that's okay. My mum was. My mum was a full-time mum and wife and she loved it. Perfect. But we're all so different. And for me, that that was I tried to fit myself in that box for a period of time, and I it, I wasn't choosing myself. I wasn't choosing all of me. So I think that there's this great requirement for us to fully choose ourselves, and we can't expect another person to choose us wholeheartedly if we're unwilling to give that to ourselves first. Which is and what you've really helped that. me with. Yes. Fuck, so well, I bad. Go through it, you know, like for a large portion of my journey, it was just prioritizing, you know, my partner, like just fully wholeheartedly overcompensating and giving and giving and giving to the point of exhaustion. Hmm. Whereas now it's like, it's a season of me fully choosing myself and whoever's with me on that journey is great. But at the end of the day, I got me, I got me more than anyone else. And then from that place I can give. Because you can create such a dysfunctional relationship if you're constantly requiring that person to believe in you before you believe in you or, you know, because I have a lot of people that have come to me in the past, oh, my partner doesn't support me. It's like, do you support you? And it wasn't until I put my foot, like, you know, because I think the problem that a lot of women, I think a lot of these women will be listening to is that they don't feel like they can, I've been home with the kids, like they feel this desire to start something and be something, but they've like, oh, I I haven't been working, I haven't been contributing because I'm, a, I'm just a mum and I want to start this business, but I don't feel like I can because I can't invest the money because I'm not working or I haven't been working. It's like you're not just, you know, and I, I, how would you – how would you object that for these women to realize that they actually do deserve? Yeah. Well, I think firstly, you're not just a mum. Like a mum on its own is a full-time job. A hundred percent. Like it's enormous and it requires an enormous level of attention and patience and physical, emotional and mental resilience. You know, it's, it's a huge job. And not that I believe that we're defined by what we do, you know, being the thing that dictates our worth, <laughs> you know, but I believe that each and every one of us are worthy and mostly we're worthy of being the greatest version of ourselves. So I think, you know, the question that I ask a lot of people who have the objection of like, oh, well, you know, I've got to go and check with my partner. And my response is always, where else in your life are you waiting for someone to give you permission to be the greatest version of yourself? Because while you're waiting for permission from someone else, it's never going to come. 
But if you want it, you got to choose it because at the end of the day, yep, I'm a solo parent. I've got two children. My life is hectic, but everything that is in my life is there because I choose it. I choose to have a successful business. I choose to have clients. I choose to continue scaling. I choose to be a full-time mum. I choose to continue creating my singing and songwriting career. I choose all of it. And if all of it is important to you, you will make a way out of no way. There will be no excuse. Full stop. Mm. And I, remember, and I remember, like, well, I wrote this in our little notes as well, that one of the major reasons why people feel they need that external support and help is because they're always pleasing everybody else. They're always externalizing their own energy for everyone else. And one of the things that's been huge for me was that self-abandonment. And the big thing that um, really illuminated that to me too was that especially going back, like I didn't think that I had such a a big problem with it until I really looked at my life and I was like, holy shit. Especially like one huge part was when I opened my gym. So before I opened my gym, my life was actually, I was actually on more of the greatness uh, trajectory. Yes. And it wasn't until I opened my gym where I stopped training my own self. So I, before I, I used to have a really good training routine. I had all these things and all of a sudden I opened my gym and it was all for everyone else. I, mm-hmm. I actually haven't properly trained myself like I did before I opened my gym for probably like 10 years, like a proper structure that I had self-discipline. I did the thing because as soon as I opened my gym, I put everyone's needs before, your before own. mine. Yeah, And the fact that I've carried that in so many ways and ultimately it was the fear. It was like as soon as I opened my gym, it was like self, what's, uh, it was like self-sabotage. It was like yeah, I've got it all and I got it to a certain point, but I was sabotaged myself. Like I, I couldn't actually I hold myself back to see my greatness and that's the, been a really big part of me trying to excavate a lot of this to be able to then help other people and help myself and be in my greatness was that constant oh I've just got to help these people I've got to do this for the kids I've got to do this for my husband I've got to make sure x y and z to avoid my own greatness because of the fear and I think yeah. a lot of it was the abandonment that I'm going to be abandoned if people see me in my truth because it was eliminated ultimate yeah. what's it called uh illuminated when I yeah. started building my business because and this is a thing a lot of people are scared to start their business because they start to change and they're scared of being abandoned by all the people that give them security totally yeah oftentimes we have more wounding when it comes to our greatness than our mediocrity a hundred percent I'd love you to kind of move more into that because this is the whole point you know what this podcast is created for us to figure out how we can live closer to our dream life and create a lifestyle and a business. And I love entrepreneurship. I love business because there's no rules. Like you don't have to go to university, learn a certain skill and then be hired for that skill and then do that for the rest of your life. Like entrepreneurship, there are absolutely no rules and anyone can do it. Yeah. And I think I th- that that's really important though to, to, to speak to because I do believe that a lot of people then step into entrepreneurship and still continue to try to fit in a box. Yes, And that's not the point of it. You know, we try to fit in a box of what everyone else is doing or what other people are doing in the coaching space and we compare ourselves and, you know, what's going to set you apart is you harnessing your innate, unique abilities 
that's going to be your point of difference. That's mm-hmm. going to be your point of success and not following the rules, you know, actually yep. being controversial, doing things different, not following the way that everyone else does it. I love what you've created yourself because like of how innately flow, like it flows, like the way that you do it, you don't necessarily like one of the things you're like, you know, I don't need to do marketing. I don't need to do Facebook marketing to get my clients. Like you can create it from organic. You don't, you've got your children at your event, you're breastfeeding while you're on stage. Like how fucking yes to that. Like, yep. Yep. I've been in business for too long to set it up in a way that doesn't suit me. Doesn't work. Yeah. And that's what I realized even when I had my cafes was like, there was such a requirement for my daughter to be in my back office and me to be attending to her by, you know, sorting out food. Like, no, I don't want that. I want my kids to be amidst what I'm doing. If I'm bringing all this amazing information, wisdom, and knowledge to the rest of the world, my kids should be receiving it first. A hundred percent. So I want them amidst in all of it. You know, my daughter and I are going to do a collaboration on a children's event. She really wants to co-facilitate with me. So I'm like, oh my God, yes, yes. I want her to be the first to know about everything that I do because I want my children's lives to be transformed first and foremost. Obviously, I have to go first. But second to that, I want them to transform based on all of the things that I'm leaving as my legacy. So one of the things that you've shared with us and one of the reasons why you were driven in a probably negative way, um, which is what you shared about with, with your dad being an entrepreneur and being very successful and having, so there's two parts. There's a part where it's just like, because you had him as your leader, you knew that what was possible, like it wasn't even something you had to. So for me, like, and it's similar for me because my grandfather was, he came from Italy. He created a life. He, we have multiple properties all over Melbourne, And I kind of saw that as, wow, like you can really change your life. Like they came from full poverty and did that. So that was kind of a bit of my inspiration. I could see that that's something I could create. But for you, it's it's very similar. But for both of us, and I think this is you, but for me, my grandfather didn't enjoy any of it. Like absolutely none of it. Like he, he's almost got dementia now. His wife died with dementia. They've never... It was all, it never experienced it in a way. So there is that fear of, well, what if I create something and I don't get to spend time with my kids? And this was the the going against for you was like, absolutely no way. I'm not going to, I'm going to create success, but I'm not going to do it in a way that I don't get to enjoy it. Totally. At the sacrifice of the sacrifice. Yeah. And especially you and I started at that point of this is all we know and it's unconscious and the sacrifice and it's like you, yeah, like you put your daughter in the back room while you were serving and then you're like, hang the fuck on. This is what I hated about my dad. He was never there. Yeah. Totally. And I do feel like it's two, yeah, it's, it's, it's two sides to it because I'm so grateful for the blueprint that my dad's given. 100% you know, huge vision. Like he started from nothing. He was a, he was a mechanic that earned a hundred bucks a week. You know, he started from nothing and he built like a nine figure business. And I'm so grateful for that. But then, you know, part of what I excavated quite recently was just how much I hated his success because it meant that love was taken away from me. Mm. Um, and there was absence, you know, and yeah, I, I don't, no, I don't desire that for my children whatsoever. So it's either I have a business on my terms or I don't have it at all. And And that's kind of where I've been at. And that's why it's taken me a while because I'm like, I saw myself 
being pulled away from my family and it created so much disease within me that I had to pull myself away and be like, I'm okay to have nothing. I need to be okay with nothing to be able to create the new. Yeah. Well, I think that if we're a stand for a dream life, we have to firstly start with the belief that we can have it all perfectly orchestrated, working exactly the way that we desire it. So we've really got to sit with if anything is possible, if it was curated and planned exactly the way that I want it to be, what would it look like? Mm-hmm. Outside of other people's perceptions or judgments of, you know, I mean, I could easily get judged for breastfeeding off from a stage, you know, but I don't care. It's I've set my life up to be as exactly as I want it to be and how other people perceive it, it's not for them. It's for me. And that's, I think, huge when it comes to someone creating their business or wanting to scale their business is that you have to be willing to be liked and hated by both sides of the room. Like, totally. And the people that love you are going to love you even more for yep. being authentic. And I know we started on this, but it was like you actually sharing to the world of all the things that you've traversed because one of the things that you probably stood behind was your strength and you didn't necessarily share a lot of your personal stuff with the world and how much you came forth with, hey, this is what I've just been through and how much that I think from what you've shared has actually opened you up even more. Oh, crazy yeah I think it's opened me to receive like the power of transparency you know for a long time I I was never going to share it from a place of being unresolved you know being in my wounds or being in the navigation of it like I really because it did and does involve other people I never wanted to come forth from a perspective of berating Mm. um I wanted to come forth in a graceful pure clean yeah a gracious manner you know um and genuinely feeling like I can love um but what it's really highlighted to me is just the power of transparency you know I've always been committed to being authentic and transparent and for a long time in this journey I felt like it was very justified that I couldn't be completely transparent but to be out the other side and to just witness the power of that and the power of collapsing this big facade you know I had a couple of people reach out to me with a similar sort of theme a lot of men in fact um saying I've always just felt like you're so unreachable and some women as well. Um, you know, it just seems from the outside that you've got, you know, the business and you're successful and you're killing it, you know, with as a mother and you're singing and and you just felt so unreachable. And it's like in reading your post and witnessing what you've been through, you just actually now feel relatable. Mm. You know, and that's what people want. They don't want someone that's on a big fancy pedestal. And not that I ever desired to be on that pedestal per se. And I didn't even realize that I perce- I was perceived as unreachable. Um, I think the more that we can fully come forth in all of who we are, sharing from scars, not from wounds, because that can create just a bit of a like icky connection of trauma bonding. Um, but the more that we can be transparent about all, all of it, the more relatability is created. And when there's relatability, that's where people want to head. You know, that's what they, they want to work with people like that. Yeah, because people get scared that is it professional enough for me to be speaking into who I actually am and what I've been through. And there's so much that comes up. Like I had a massive thing like you did where I just felt that I needed to say what had happened, not from a place of, 
you know, when I sold my business, it was never an intention of mine and I never really got to say goodbye or even explain myself. Now, I didn't need to do any of it, but I just felt that I wanted to and it just opens you and I think it heals you as well by actually just be putting it out there without any intention. Like my intention was, and I said to Ben, like, and he kept saying like, your aim is not to get any response from this. Yeah. Like your aim is just to be, this is who I am and this is what I want to express and I'm going to express it for my own self as much as it is for people to relate to you. But I feel like the more that you can just be you and one of the things that I teach my clients is you are the niche. Like you, by everything that you've been through, everything that you've gone through, all the good, the bad and the ugly, is the reason why that person, that other soul is going to connect with yours and it's going to be so much easier. And have you found in your business that since you've basically opened up that can of worms, you've had more people actually wanting to reach out and move in? The connection's next level because when we're hiding things in the way, I mean, not that I was intentionally hiding it, but I mean, yeah, there was a level of like not disclosing everything, but there's such a component of facade, you know, that is apparent and people, whether they consciously recognize it or not, people can feel it, you know, and that facade repels people. But when we just allow ourselves to be open, to open up, to share vulnerably, to open our heart, that's so magnetic. And there's just been so much beautiful connection, you know, people that I used to be in contact with a lot who I was no longer in contact with that have reached back out. Um, you know, beautiful connections, um, of like, oh my God, I had no idea and really wanting to nurture me and support me and be there for me, which is just glorious. Um, but then also so many amazing, like strangers, complete strangers, I would say hundreds of strangers reaching out to me saying, thank you so much for sharing. It's made me feel more normal. I've had this experience. I can't believe that you've gone through the same thing that I've been through. Like just a huge level of relatability and beautiful connection and it's not all about business but it it just helps people trust what you do totally yeah and it makes you feel better that you've got a a following you've got friends around you that that know you and trust you and love you and that just want to be there for you and that's just so incredible too when you've done this work and you have been so hurt that you've got so many when you realize the love that you have within you like you were saying if you can't give yourself the love then you'll never receive the love that you want from other people it's uh it's been really amazing to bear witness and I'm, I'm really grateful to have been part of this journey as well yeah it's been so special oh it's been so nice um I guess probably the final couple of questions. So one of the things that you're like a queen at is sales. And I know that you've got a sales thing coming up very soon. I thought it was this week because I didn't read it properly, but it's actually next week. Next week. Yep. (laughs) So, and I think you're the same as me. Like I start, I actually started in sales at the gym and I I hated it. Like it was like, I struggled so hard with sales at the start. And then when I realized that all I really had to do was really just meet someone with their needs and why they're not following through. So I love the way that you explain sales. And I think the one thing that people avoid when it comes to creating their business, they're like, I need a website. I need this. I need that. I need social media. I need X, Y, Z. But the thing that you actually need for your business is sales. So you actually have a business 
and it's yep. the one thing that people avoid the most. So I'd yep. love you to give us a little bit of a spill on what your sales process is like and and how changing your perspective on sales has impacted your life in multi-seven figures, you know, in your business journey. Yeah. So I think that like what's really important to approach a sales process with is firstly the intention, you know, like I think a lot of people just embark on a sales process with the intention to make a sale. And while that's great and we all desire that, there has to be a level of value that we provide. You know, for me in my sales process, I see it as an opportunity to coach someone because really what the sales process does for us, it illuminates all of the ways that we limit ourselves. You know, because the truth is if we actually believe that we can have a multi seven figure business, there wouldn't be an excuse that stands in the way of that. If we fully wholeheartedly believed that that was possible and that this particular person that we're talking to holds the solution to that problem and knows how to get us there on the journey, nothing would stand in the way of it. So really when it comes to objections, it's pointing out and showing us all of the ways that people limit themselves all of the ways that they find excuses as to why they can't have what they want, whether it be time, whether it be um, money, whether it be circumstantial, whether it be just needing to go away and think about it. And, you know, really just thinking about it is making a choice to not attend to our dreams, you know, just put it off for another day. It's just a form of procrastination. We're just in avoidance. No matter what, I think even when it comes to thinking about it, we think that we're not making a choice. By thinking about it, we're not making a choice, but really we are. You know, we're always choosing. We're choosing to do something right now or we're choosing to put it off tomorrow. We're choosing to change or we're choosing to remain the same. And when we're thinking about it, we're just choosing to remain the same for at least another couple of days, for at least a week. Because before we know it, we usually will get to like a couple of years down the track and go, fuck, I wish I, I wish I invested in that because I've seen all these people that had the opportunity to invest in that back then and they're all killing it. And because I bought into all of my limitations and my bullshit, I'm not, I'm still in the same situation. So I feel like a lot of us can just spend our whole life thinking about it. But the truth is when it comes to building a business, we've got to make decisions and we're going to make them fast. And the quicker we can make decisions, the quicker we get to our desired outcome. So, you know, I don't provide a sales script. I don't believe in a sales script because I feel like what's really important in a sales process is that it's super organic. It's value driven. It's an opportunity for you to coach someone and help someone. Um, But then there's also this great opportunity for you to genuinely connect. And the truth is, if you don't give a shit about people, your sales process will never be effective. Like if you are genuinely just getting on a call to make a sale, to make financial benefit, it's going to be felt, you know, it's energy behind what we do, but there's a process of, you know, what I'm going to be delving into. Oops. What I'm going to be delving into throughout the three days, um, is, Oh, hang on two seconds is, um, giving people the understanding of how they can firstly remove all of the energetic blocks that stand in the way of them creating the desired amount of money. Um, removing also all of the blocks that stand in the way of them being able to approach a sales call with ultimate belief and certainty. You know, I feel like it's so easy for so many people to sell a product or to sell someone else. But when it comes to selling themselves, like, you know, it's a necessity in the coaching industry, it almost, it becomes impossible. And this is really just highlighting the lack of belief that we have in ourselves, the lack of belief in the solution that we provide. And this is something that we need to look at. 
Because if you're not entering into a sales process with ultimate certainty in the solution that you provide, that's also going to be felt. Like we've got to be discerning. Like I can help this person. I know I can provide this solution and there's no if, ands or buts. So firstly, we're going to be looking at all of the energetic undertones that are there. Um, but then we're going to look at what the process actually looks like. And I am going to break it down, not from a script perspective, um, but also really delving into all of our own limitations. You know, so no one's going to invest in you. I've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, within myself and within my business. And the reason that people invest in me is because I've invested in myself. You know, you can't sit there and, and be broke and unwilling to invest in yourself and then expect that other people are going to invest in you when you're not willing to do it for yourself. Like, how do you give the transmission of investment if you're riddled in your own objections? And that's something that I spoke about on my story the other day is the only objection that we can't handle is the one that we haven't dealt with ourselves. So if we've got all of these money objections and we can't overcome our own money objections, how on earth are you going to guide someone else beyond it? The truth is for me, I was, when I left my first marriage, I was broke. You know, I had four successful businesses prior that I built six and seven figures. But when I left my marriage, I walked away with no money. And it was then that I chose to make a 20 grand investment, not knowing how on earth I was going to pay it off. But the reason that I can now call other people beyond their limitations and their objections is because I have held myself to the highest of standard in the times that it would have made sense not to invest and that I've continued to operate in that way. So we've really got to look at the sales process from like as a mirror, you know, there's, there's no way that we're going to have a fruitful business unless we're willing to embody and believe in the version of ourselves that can be the capacity to hold that business. You know, we've got to be the seven figure version of ourselves now. Yeah. And so many people are like, oh, well, I'll embody that when I have the money or I'll feel abundant when I've got the money in my bank account or you know, we're so like wanting to rely on the physical evidence in order to feel a certain way. But the truth is the magic happens when we embody it ahead of time. Hey guys. So unfortunately the audio cut it off. So I hope you enjoyed all those gold nuggets and you are super fired up to start moving forward to live your dream life, let go of all your limiting beliefs and just choose a better life for yourself. I'm super inspired and I hope you are as well. So if you are interested in her sales training, it is $111. It is starting on Monday, the 22nd of May. So literally jump in ASAP if you've just listened to that episode or reach out to Krista on Instagram and find out more about her sales training. Now, if you are interested in working with me, I finally am putting something epic together, which is free, that is going to inspire you to start your business, to either start your business or get your business sorted so it can start working for you. Now, this program, it is still a little secret. So if you are interested in working with me for free for at least five days um, of coaching and learning and all the good juiciness, please find me on Instagram at Belinda underscore Carusi and DM me and I will put you on the VIP list so you find out first and I'm so excited. So thank you again for listening. I hope you are super excited. Take some notes, re-listen to this episode and have a wonderful day.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Belinda Carusi Show. If you love this episode as much as I did, head over and rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every week on Fridays. I can't wait to hang out with you again.